Have you ever wondered where Gehenna, where hell is? Is it up there somewhere or is it down below? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on Duff Dalla, page 5 of Chagiga. And we learn that hell isn't a place, it's an experience. It's an experience of enduring the shame of what we did during our lifetime on this earth. Welcome to the Transformative Duff and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. Yosef has accused his brothers of being spies. He has incarcerated Shimon and has accused Binyamin of stealing the royal goblet. The future of the house of Yaakov seems bleak. But then, all of a sudden, Yehuda steps up and challenges Yosef, insisting that he should remain instead of Binyamin. At that tense moment, Yosef instructs the Egyptians to leave the royal chamber, and he reveals his true identity to his brothers. The viceroy of Egypt is their long-lost brother, whom they'd sold into slavery. They're dumbstruck, shocked, and even humiliated as they stand before the man against whom they'd sinned all those years ago. But Yosef reassures them, But now do not be sad, and let it not trouble you that you sold me here, for it was to preserve life that God sent me before you. For already two years of famine have passed in the midst of the land, and for another five years it will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to make for you a remnant in the land, and to preserve it for you for a great deliverance. Let's look at today's Gemara. Whenever Rabbi Elazar reached the following verse, he would cry, and his brethren could not answer him, for they were affrighted at his presence. If the rebuke of a flesh and blood mortal was such, how much more so the rebuke of the Holy One, blessed be he. Let's analyze the Gemara. Did Joseph really rebuke them for their actions? He didn't. He attempted to pacify them by reasoning that it was all God's plan. Rabbi Laza seems to suggest that it didn't really make them feel better. The mere mention of their earlier behavior made them feel so ashamed that they were speechless. The mental anguish of the shame that they felt at that moment was itself a powerful tool of atonement for their actions. Sometimes people ask where Gehenna, where hell is. Where does the soul go if it has misbehaved in this world? Is Gehenna in heaven? Is it beneath the earth? Of course, the answer is that as a spiritual place, it doesn't exist in any physical location. If we are to think in terms of Rabbi Allah's analogy, we should imagine Gehenna as a state of mind. It's the anguish the soul endures in the presence of the Almighty, burdened with all its impurities. Imagine appearing before a mortal king wearing nothing but soiled undergarments. That was how the brothers felt, knowing that they stood in the presence of the viceroy of Egypt and their crimes were no longer concealed. The mere knowledge that everything was now on display made them want to sink through the floor. If that's true of a mere mortal, can you imagine how much greater the embarrassment will be before the supreme king of kings? When we sin in this world, our souls are stained. Every transgression, even inadvertent ones, scar the soul with impurity. That's why we're instructed to bring an offering to the Holy Temple, even for inadvertent sins, in order to cleanse our souls. Today we achieve that cleansing simply through teshuva, sincere repentance. But when we fail to cleanse our souls, we arrive at our final destination looking a little sullied. And appearing in heaven with an unclean soul is shameful. That's Gehenna, the embarrassment one endures in heaven 
when his soul bears all. And it's not only true of mitzvahs, the shame of Torah and neglect is even more pronounced. Imagine the world's top rocket scientist came to town to give a lecture. Two people are sitting side by side in the lecture hall at the university. One of them is the local rocket scientist who is enthralled by his hero's words and could listen to him for hours on end. The other is illiterate, but went because he always wanted to hear what rocket science is about. But he's bored silly because he doesn't really understand a word. That's the feeling many will feel in the Walter Comes Torah lecture. The Almighty will be teaching Torah to a packed house. Sadly, many good people will be bored and uncomfortable because they didn't learn much Torah during their lifetimes on earth, and now they simply don't understand what's going on. Imagine being stuck clueless in that class for an eternity. Gehenna is in a place. It's an experience. When Yosef revealed himself to his brothers, the Benish Chai notes that the specific word used by the verse was that they were affrighted mipanav by his presence. Literally, mipanav means from before him. If we take the letters before the letters of Yosef's name, which are Yud, Vav, Samach, Pei, spelling Yosef, the letters before spell Tana, Tes, Ein, Nun, Hey, meaning excuse. When we reach the heavenly court, we will try to defend our misbehavior during our earthly lifetimes with all sorts of tininess. But God has heard all the excuses and he knows our innermost thoughts. He knows our potential and what talents and opportunities he's blessed us with. He expects us to become our very best. The good news is that it's not all doom and gloom. Ultimately, there's a happy ending and a beautiful corollary that follows from Rabbi Laza's tears. Why did he cry upon reading the story of Yosef and his brothers? He realized that despite their terrible crime, Yosef reassured his brothers that they need not be sad. Hashem had orchestrated the entire episode. If a mortal man like Yosef has the power of forgiveness, how much more so will our Father in Heaven console us when we stand before Him bearing all? The shame itself will be the kapara, the atonement. In Judaism, that pain is only temporary. Once we've experienced and endured the shame, our souls will be ready to enter their eternal resting places in Gan Eden, in Heaven. Our Father in Heaven loves us dearly. He doesn't want us to experience pain for even a moment. He only wants us to achieve our very best. May you strive to make every moment in this world count. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Duff is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, the transformative Duff.